What's going on? This is Justin welcoming you back to another episode of Let Them Eat Takes. Hope this podcast finds you well, better than any email that started like that. All right, for a fair warning, this episode, uh, production-wise, a little wonky. Jonathan was out on the field doing some work, and work, I mean, he was getting that third jab of COVID vaccine, so you're going to hear some background noises, but we're going to have a good time talking about the Braves advancing to the National League Championship Series, and we're going to talk some college football. Scott and I are going to go through all of next week and give some predictions, maybe, some forecasts. I don't know. We're just going to talk college football. If that sounds great with you, then uh, hold on to your butts. It's time for Let Them Eat Takes. Bonjour, and welcome to Let Them Eat Takes, a sports podcast for the Outrage Era. Driving today is me, Justin, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Scotty and John. Scott, how are you doing? Uh, tired. Tired? Yep. <laughs> Has the sun risen on the West Coast yet? No, it's oh. dark outside. <laughs> All right. And John, who is on the road, how are you doing? I'm good. The reason you're driving is because I'm feeding my face with Chick-fil-A right now. Oh, don't make Scott jealous. No, I would bring you a biscuit if you didn't live 4,000 miles away, however long it is. It's only like 3,600 miles. I don't that, know. I don't even remember. It's in that, you know. You know. Now I have to look it up because it's going to bug me not knowing it. Don't they have like Chick-fil-A's in Arizona? Can you go to Arizona yeah. to find one? Scott, I think have Chick-fil-A's here. here. Yeah. Yeah, they just don't have that many. <clears throat> so it's not like, a, oh, let's grab Chick-fil-A on the way home. You got to be like, hey, let's plan to go to Chick-fil-A. We got to drive like 15, 20 minutes out of the way to be there. Right. You say that, that but when I was in college, people would drive all the way to Clemson just to eat at cookout, which I laugh now because now there's cookouts everywhere and the quality hasn't improved, but... I guess. Yeah, that was a, a single special trip. I mean, I remember driving all the way to Metro Atlanta one night in college just to uh, go to Steak and Shake because somebody had a random Steak and Shake craving. So, sure, you like <laughs> pile five guys in the car and drive all the way to Atlanta or Metro Atlanta. Oh, man, I was hoping you were going to go say those wings. That, uh. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're, we're, we're scattered. Uh, covered and smothered, but we are here to podcast today. And um, normally we've been leading pretty heavy with college football, but I feel like today's a good day to lead with a good homer cast moment for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, baby, go Freddie. No go Freddie. The Jocktober and Freddie show went rolling, rolling, rolling last night. Really fun game to watch. Yeah, if you're Newton killed it. If he did. If you're neutral, it's fine. I was stressed out of my mind. 
Yeah, that's... I was so mad. I was in a meeting that went over by forty minutes, and no. that forty minutes covered like the eighth and ninth inning. And I was just like, "Are you kidding me right now?" <laughs> that's unfortunate. I mean, the eighth inning and ninth, unfortunate because you saw the stress warnings. Yeah, I saw the part that sucked while I was like had it up on the other monitor. I'm sure your coworkers like, "Don't worry, guys, we're gonna get this over in time for the Dodgers Giants game." That's okay. One of my coworkers actually had ten thousand dollars on the Brewers to win today. Oh, <laughs> oh whoops! Oh, whoops! <laughs> is he? Is he was all happy and gloating when they were up four two. Was he? Uh, uh, was he married or have a family? Because he's got some explaining to do. No, he's he's a single guy. Oh, okay. In that I case, explain that. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah uh, I was. I was going to recap real quick that. Uh, the the Brewers' strengths were their pitching. Their offense started okay, and then it was not very great the rest of the season. But everyone, I mean, they really do have great pitching. However, the Braves starters outpitched the Brewers starters in this series, and the Brewers starters pitched pretty well. So it's very it was a very weird series, but a very great we, series. We, we definitely all had Will Smith outpitching uh, Hater, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you'd have put money on which closer was going to give up a home run first, there's no one would have ever picked Bill Hader. <laughs> that was actually the free space on my postseason bingo card. So, no, I was with you guys. I was actually nervous because when, you know, they're talking about Snickers, what Snickers said his strategy was like, oh, same it's been all season. You know, we're going to get maybe Matzik in there for one inning, maybe Luke Jackson for half an inning. You know, they're going to clean it up with Will Smith. I thought, oh, good Lord. But uh, you know it worked. So you know, I did think I did think for all the hate that I've given Snake Girl, I thought his decision to allow Charlie to pitch on short rest. I don't know. I felt like that was a different stroke for him because I think in the past he'd been like, no, let's trust the young gun. Which I guess it's worked out with like Ian Anderson and stuff. But like I don't know. When I saw he was like, no, nah, we're gonna go for the jugular right now. I was like, okay, I see you playing to win. But a lot of times going short rests on pitchers is yeah it can be dicey it does not work out that great a lot of times hey man it, it worked out this time i guess i think the highlight of the game for me was clearly freddie freeman hitting a solo home run to push us over the top um some of our friends in the discord chat had a really good question though is aa gonna give this man a check now you guys have any thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, first time dot gif. <laughs> I really don't. I got the sense though recently, past two weeks recently, based on some stuff on on social media. So you know this is like legit. That I got some hints that like Freddie wants to make it happen as well. Because before it was just all like. Braves are like, oh, we'll do it. And Freddie would give kind of awkward, weird responses. And you'd be like, oh, I don't really know if he's feeling it. But so no, I'll be a little encouraged. Also, hitting a, hitting a home run like that with the fans going crazy tends to help your, your vibe. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I think Freddie would like to stay in Atlanta. The problem is he might want to stay in Atlanta and also want to move back home. Yeah, he's from California, so there's also that. Yeah. And he's from Southern California, and there's three teams in Southern California, and they all spend money. 
Yep. So one of those three teams is going to offer him $100 million more than the Braves do. And then he has to decide between staying with the Braves versus home plus $100 million. You know, yeah. I have a similar decision coming up next week, so I, I can commiserate. <laughs> yes, I too understand. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got offered a new job to pay an extra $100. <laughs> it's really the same. It's, you know, it's just a few less zeros. Um, so the Braves will uh, face either the Giants or the Dodgers um, starting Saturday, I think. All right. Yeah. Would you rather Would you rather play San Francisco when they have home field advantage, or the Dodgers, where the Braves have home field advantage? Ooh, you know what? I hadn't considered that. Oh, I did not realize that was in the cards. I think we match up better with San Francisco. Yep. I mean, who the frick wants to play the Dodgers? That's a murderer's row of offense. I mean, they got like multiple MVP people on their lineup, but also home field. I know, but like, I mean, we we Braves usually won a game on the road here and there, especially even when we played the Dodgers. Um, was it three years ago in the NLDS when we played the Dodgers? We won a road game, or I'm making this up. I think we won a road game. I don't know. Also, uh, I want no part of the Dodgers in the playoffs. It's just like I want the Giants. I want the Giants, and I want you to be able to go to some games, Scotty. So I definitely want the Giants. Tickets, well, and I'd look before it was gonna be like 500 bucks for a ticket. Oof. So, uh, just go hang out outside the stadium and, like, hey, I'm here supporting. That's what I did. That's what I did on Monday. Can't you go kayaking outside the giant stadium? They always have a shot of that. You, you can. Um, I'm not I super like that costs in that either. That water's gonna be cold. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's gotta cost some, some cash. So do you want to spend $500 on a ticket for one game, or do you want to spend $1,000 on a kayak and a wetsuit that you get to keep and go kayak? Or just spend like $1,000 on a nice new TV. Watch mm-hmm. it on that. Yeah. It's the TV rule of buying tickets, right? Once the tickets start to cost the same as like a nicer TV, I got problems with paying for tickets. Okay, Mr. Rational. No. The, uh, How dare I? Mm-hmm. The um, what was I gonna say? I didn't really see any like crazy. It's hard to like find a you know an absurd take when you win a, when you win a nice when you win a playoff series and you pitch really well and you have clutch hitting. I was you uh, know, blooper had a great take. Oh no, he had. I was I was talking about like bad takes, but blooper had a great has always had great takes. What did blooper say? I just had to get blooper in there. He just said, like, I'm lit right now or, oh, or something. I don't even <laughs> yeah, like about an hour after the game ended, he just all caps tweets. Guess who's lit out of his mind right now? Did, uh, did y'all see a video of uh, Ronnie watching it? No. Yeah, I watched it this morning as soon as I woke up. <laughs> what was he saying, John? Because it was all Spanish. Um, it's like, I think it's on his TikTok, and it's right as... Uh, Will Smith closes the game, so it's like the last out. Then he yells, I'll give you the uh, literal translation first, and then I'll give you the uh, what, it, what, it's, what like the equivalent would be in English, not like literally translated. But he literally says, to your house, to your house, no fucks. And then that means go home, go like home, mother, motherfuckers. That's what it means. I like it. Okay. I ha- kept hearing him say, your house, your house, your house, over and over again. And I was it's like, tricky. I don't understand. It's tricky because <laughs> it- he's, he's, there's this Spanish slang where you cut the word 
four or two in half to avoid the second syllable. So a lot of times that tricks people up and they're like, I hear two Spanish words and then a noise. Or <laughs> so I don't really know what he's saying. <laughs> so that is also from Venezuela. So I mean that's the kind of slang I grew up with listening to on the streets in my, you know, when I was thug like that. They can't afford all those extra syllables in Venezuela, so they have to like cut them. They out. used to have them, and then the the government they're redistributing them. They're they're downsizing them. <laughs> <laughs> I think Acuna's uh, upcoming uh, or not upcoming. Well, he does get like a pay bump. I think that accounts for like a percentage of Venezuela's GDP in some weird way. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh. All right. He's well. Got- you- no, I'm sorry. I was going to make another Venezuela joke, but I'm good. <laughs> hey, man, if this is the therapy you need for spending part of your childhood there, we're all here for it. It wasn't that bad when I was there. It's gotten bad since. But no, it's all good. I was, I was going to say that, like, I was, gonna, I was wondering who the most, the highest paid Venezuelan export athlete was. And it's probably Miguel Cabrera, even though uh, he's about to retire. He's going to be up there when it's all said and done, I bet. Probably. He needs a better deal, though. I feel like he got uh, definitely getting underpaid right now. You should look up his contract because yeah. it's about to get real better for him. <laughs> I think it goes up to eight or nine and then 15 the, the next year. And it's 15 for a while. Okay. Yeah. That's the weird thing about that contract, right? Is he's going to be getting paid real money, which is good because he's earned it. Like also, he's getting paid fifteen million, or he'll be getting paid fifteen million when he's going to be worth like thirty. Yep. So, oh, AA is triumph as GM of the Braves. That's the part that they do well from a business standpoint is locking in young guys for cheap. If only mm-hmm. Freddie Freeman grew up in Venezuela. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, um, what would what would what would his name be? <laughs> no, dude, God. I have friends named Freddie down there. They'd be, hey, Freddie. <laughs> They'll just take an English name and just make it sound like it. Oh, yeah. This name is totally. Well. About, there's no way Freeman is not like a last name that he would have. But... <laughs> no, no, but it could be that South American trope where he just goes by one name. El oh, Freddy. Yeah, Freddy. <laughs> this is old Freddy. I got the Freddy. I'm trying to Italian. Just made him sound right. Italian for some reason. Yeah, no. Not you. I, 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 did, I did that. <laughs> you didn't do that. I did uh, he that. Has Italian, he has Italian heritage. His family was displaced after World War II. No questions, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be, that'd be a show I'd watch. A bunch of Italian mobster family living in Venezuela. It's like, how did you, know, you get down here? That is not far from reality because Venezuela has a lot of Italian immigrants. Like, every major city as like an Italian club and you have to have a certain percentage of like your blood needs like if you're 25% Italian, I think you qualify. And that's the only way you get in the club. Just Are like the US, right? We have those clubs everywhere. You're making that up. No, I'm not making that up. I had a cousin. My mom has a cousin. Oh, he's still alive. Isn't that dead? It's her first cousin. And he married, uh, and it, uh, she's Venezuelan, but she's got, uh, she's half Italian because her, her parents are both from Italy and they emigrated to Venezuela and that's where she was born. So I remember going with them to the Italian club in town and just eating at the restaurant there. 
because we had, we had access to it. It's crazy, man. That is insane. I'm one of my close friends in eighth grade. He was a uh, Italian. His parents were straight out of Italy. I'd go over to his house, hang out, and he's like, you know, talks so much Spanish. His parents are like all like speaking with weird Italian accents. I'm like, am I still? Where am I? <laughs> son, son, leave your friend outside. Bring the cannoli. His name was Francisco Gazzara. She's always anyway, Google that. Listen to Let the Meat Takes for sports takes, but also we'll educate you on Latin American uh, culture and the Spanish language. And John's childhood. My yeah. childhood. Yes. Uh, so do y'all want to talk some college football now? Of course. College football. Did anything of note happen in college football? Mm-hmm. Let me... F- Think. Let me check. We had a pretty sleepy out. weekend. Uh, uh, so I, I didn't do the tweet recap. I was uh, had a weekend thing going on. Yeah, no worries. I, I will give you my non-tweeted brief recap for the Georgia game, which is the Georgia defense has given up how many points now? Twenty-five? No. 26 points. It's not yeah, many. Defense, yeah, defense has given up 26 points, and the defense has 22 sacks. So one good game against Kentucky away from having more sacks than points allowed. That's always a, a key ratio that you, you want to lock in before the I've season I've never starts. even considered that ratio before. I That's think, where they're at with this defense. I don't think you could hit that ratio in a video game if you wanted to. Well, maybe you might turn it on uh, if you, you like turning on like easy mode. Yeah, if you hang in dynasty mode in uh, NCAA, I think it was 2005. That, if you stay in dynasty mode for about five years, you will all your teams will be like all century players. You'll have linebackers whose auto generated names are something stupid like Chase Peoples or new. No, that's that. Yeah, or new blaster nine thousand. <laughs> and they talk, <laughs> and they arm tackle everybody, but it doesn't matter because the uh, CPU players just go flying five feet in the opposite direction. You know, I was impressed too with the offense, the or as the defense played. Everyone, it's trendy uh, to. I don't even know if it's trendy. It's easy to hit on Georgia's offense. It's but. mostly from people who haven't actually watched it. They mostly just see the stats and see we ran the ball about. Herder, bullet ball, herder, old school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, it's old 1869 offense. They're still lining up in the I formation. Like, no, if you've watched Georgia football, since Kirby Smart took over, we've hardly ever, well, some, we used to, we do that single back formation, but I don't consider that traditional I. Kirby Kirby stopped giving scholarships to fullbacks and stopped giving scholarships to kickers and punters when he got here. Which, by the way, is a great way to use your scholarships. Do not waste them on those positions. <laughs> he very vocally said he was not a proponent of the fullback. It was a waste of a scholarship, and any blocking duties from the fullback that you needed could be filled in with like H-back types at tight end or by goal line packages where you just stick defensive linemen back there. Yep. Which we do. Which they do. So, that's, so there is no old school I formation. There never has been with him because they don't even keep a fullback on the team, right? Right. Um, and then kickers are usually 
walk-ons. He's actually kind of strayed from that a little bit and had them be on scholarship, which is something that Saban never did. And and surely having walk-on kickers never bit Alabama and cost them games. No, I can't. I can't remember any games where the kicker blew it for them. No. They should definitely stick with their strategy of walk-on kickers and, and never give them scholarships. <laughs> well, I think I think Georgia offered a scholarship to Jared Zirkle, who came from Texas, right. but he we lost. do scholarships now for kickers, yeah, right. But Jake Podlesny, who came from St. Simons, I think it was a walk-on. I don't know if he's on scholarship now. Uh, probably is. Yeah, but from if he's but if he's from St. Simons, he probably doesn't need a scholarship to go to school there. Yeah, if he's like a, a fifth generation Bulldog fan from St. Simons, which is like probably where they are, it's probably, right. yeah. He was conceived during a Garrison Hurst touchdown from like, I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> and we're in the end zone. So, uh, do, y'all, uh, do y'all follow Matt Hinton on, uh, on Twitter? No. Should I? Uh, he's got some really he's got some very good takes on college football from time to time. Uh, he made a really interesting observation about Georgia this weekend. He said Georgia is really fascinating to me in that they're the best team I've ever seen that doesn't have a single player I would describe as a star. And he goes on to talk about how basically what? Yeah. Well what? here's the thing. We know that like people who pay attention to Georgia know that they're like beast mode players like Jordan Davis and you have Nicobe Dean and the defenses are stacked. But people who are not paying that closely attention, who are only looking at stats, i.e. the people who uh, determine who's going to win the Heisman Trophy, they don't, they're not seeing that stuff. So they see like a bunch of guys, none of which are leading the conference in tackles. You know, here's a defense that's only given up 25 points, but it's mostly by committee. That's what he's mostly getting at on that side of the ball. He he has a bunch of follow-up tweets that really, that kind of clarify and say, what I really mean is nobody that has star production right now. And it's like, well, yeah, and everybody knows why. It's like you said, the defense plays two or three quarters and they share all the stats. And... Mm-hmm quarterback that would have the star numbers is hurt and your wide receiver that would have the star numbers is hurt and you split all the carries between running backs so the numbers are just shared right right and on offense it's been pretty much injuries all season long i mean i don't know at this point if you could fit the entire list of injured players in the character limit on twitter but uh you could not yeah so and it's it's amazing that the offense looks competent. I wouldn't say it's the, you know, it's not like a, you know, the the LS the 2019 LSU offense. Everyone was hoping Georgia would be with JT at the reins. But uh but yeah, you're going to have you're going to finish the year probably with two quarterbacks with relatively identical stats and just t- touches and carries just spread out all across the wide receivers and running backs. I like a fantasy football nightmare. Yeah. If, if JT Daniels and Pickens were healthy, they would both be pretty high up in the Heisman conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to see, uh, was it, is it Darnell Washington that came back this past weekend? Oh yeah. Yeah. So he was actually back against Arkansas. He was back in a very limited capacity. Oh, okay. I saw him catch a few um, balls um, this past oh, year, yeah. and I guess unnoticed. 
he's a big old monster. So yeah, he's a mismatch. Both show. Yeah, he was spinning them grandpa hips and he was just tumbling for extra yards, carrying dudes with him. <laughs> grandpa hips. <laughs> um anyway, Georgia plays Kentucky this weekend. Game day will be there. Um again. About to knock Kentucky down to earth a little bit. But I am happy for Kentucky. They have such a good season. But hey, they could be they could they could surprise us. I don't think um I think Georgia will probably win, but they there could be some surprises in the game. No, oh, I mean anytime. Yeah, I mean they're it's, not six to zero on accidents. Yeah. <clears throat> well, almost they barely beat Chattanooga. I'll take right. that. They are six to zero on accidents. I no, think I think they should have lost to Florida too. You know, I don't want to give Dan Mullen credit for anything ever, but so yeah, I'll say this about Kentucky, right? Kentucky yeah. is, you know, they're having a good season. They're probably going to finish like nine and three. That's mm-hmm. a pretty solid record, right? It's um, phenomenal. If you look at their scores right now, the LSU game, they won that 42 21, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's a solid win, right? Before that, they beat Mizzou by seven, Chattanooga by five, South Carolina by six, and Florida by seven. <laughs> Beating Florida, period, that was a good win for them, right? Right. You would expect undefeated type teams to be beating South Carolina by more than six and Chattanooga by more than five. And it turns out Missouri, who oof, is struggling, you know, by more than seven. So there's a reason why uh, we're favored by like three plus touchdowns. Yeah. So far, the. The uh, folks out in Vegas have been relatively on the month on the mother with that kind of thing, and uh, I think they Georgia's actually covered yeah, in most they, games. They've actually been way off. They've been way off. Georgia well, has been covering by miles. True. Yes, that is true. They have been off on Georgia's things. And and I say that Kentucky does. You know, like I said, they have a good team. Have the best offensive line that we've played this season by a pretty wide margin. Right? I don't expect that they'll be able to just consistently run the ball. Mm-hmm. But you know what happens if a team actually can run the ball a little bit, right? And like, how does that change the game? Right? We've not seen anybody be able to consistently have third and short opportunities. We've not seen anybody be able to actually like really throw out a bunch of play action passes and take take deep shots because they can run the ball. So right. it's not impossible, right? There's like a way that things could could happen where it's a close game and, and you're in trouble and once that happens, you know, you could always have a weird interception or the ghost of pin wagers could show up and you uh-huh. know, anything could happen. Uh-huh. No. Oh my gosh, don't even say his name, Scotty. Wait, did you just put your hands up in the air, Sonny? That's an excessive celebration. Urgh, penalty, penalty. It's I didn't know he was that old yet. <laughs> uh, he's probably not. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what he's doing. <laughs> um, he's an ACC ref now? Really? He went back to his homeland. Uh, they're screwing with them. So obviously, the nerds. So uh, obviously, Bama lost. And um, the reason oh, wait, we did should Bama lose. 
Yes, Bama did lose. Oh, that would and explain the, the, was, the uptick in shootings in the state of <laughs> Alabama. I was I was trying to I was trying to tee you up for that, and you just went straight for it. I love it. <laughs> You're like setting the ball on the team. He's four. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wait, 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 he's wait, already... wait, 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 Bam, Bam losing. Let me tell you about some <laughs> some shootings that happened. <laughs> right, oh well, my. Tell us uh, a complete thought because it was man, a- shocking. A&M, A&M saved a bunch of plays up and they emptied the clip on Alabama. Listen, Legit. Okay. Ugh. Man, that game was awesome. We'll, we can get into that after this, uh, after this uh, horrible thing that happened in the Magnolia. Is Alabama's a Magnolia state, right? I don't know. So, it's the satellite dish state. That's what they're. It's the brass state, baby. It was in the final minutes uh, Saturday night. Uh, this took place in Bessemer, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. That must be like a steel town. So there was, uh, yeah, shots were fired. One of them, 27-year-old Keelan Ahmad Pickens, was struck. The shooting happened before the game actually ended. Um, Keelan and his friend, who's not named in the article, because I'm, I'm sure he's a still considered a suspect. Well, we're arguing over who was a better team, Alabama, Texas A&M, and it wound up one of them getting shot. Uh, unfortunately, Keelan passed away at 3.28 a.m. Sunday. Oh, my God. Uh, that's horrible. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I probably should have said someone died. Anyway, that didn't stop Auburn fan accounts from saying, uh, this blew my mind, Alabama losses is 2017. Five, shooting occurring from losing. Three, if Alabama loses, there's a 60% chance that somebody is going to get shot. So there have been other shootings um, related to Alabama football losses. I don't think all of them have been lethal. But just so you know, this is a thing. The next time Alabama loses a game, uh, powder might be burnt. Lead might be. Yeah, that's crazy. The funny, what I thought was funny is obviously not the shootings, but when you posted that, my my buddy Corey, our buddy Corey, posted the gif of the the it just means more SEC girl. Oh yeah. That oh. creeped me out because I never noticed she gives this weird, sinister smolder it is. afterwards. It's very sinister. It's, it's got some serious like SEC is a cult vibes to it. Oh for yes. sure. Which I mean Yeah. <laughs> I mean her eyes money. just say just means more dot 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 bitch <laughs> well if I can't say bitch I should be able to give a mean mug at the end of the slogan and this is whistle for my acting reels <laughs> gosh that sunset behind her also looks kind of like a mushroom cloud do you think we can find someone who can like I don't know oh man photoshop that into a mushroom yeah, yeah. cloud back there it's beautiful I still haven't conquered after effects Ugh. Okay, hey, did we last week on the show, did we talk about the AM fan message board stuff where the guy was like, what if we're saving all our plays for Bama? No, I, don't think we, no, no. I remember talking about that in Discord. Okay. We talked about it offline or online, but not on this. Well, it turns out we all owe that like allegedly crazy Aggie fan an apology because Jimbo was saving all the offense for this game. And Calzada out of nowhere, turned into Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I did. I did see some stuff on Twitter where people are like, man, almost looks like Jimbo Fisher forgot to prep for the first five games on his schedule. And, you know, 
having your starting quarterback hurt mid game of you know, I don't know, game two of the season or something will completely throw your offense out of whack. But <sighs> That's true. Man, they were bad and Calzada looked bad. And then he did. all of a sudden against Alabama, he's just like ripping it. Right. Beautiful. I mean, yeah, like this, they got manhandled for about three quarters against Arkansas, couldn't come back. You lost to Mississippi State, who is not very good, but I guess you were on the road and you had to deal with their cowbells. So now you're, you have two losses in your own division and you beat Bama, and that's awesome, but you still have two losses in your division and you're, you know, kind of behind the eight ball. But LSU sucks, so they're going to beat LSU, right? So... A&M's going to finish 10 and 2. I mean, maybe not, but I could if, if their offense actually is good moving forward, they could still have a pretty good season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be like that tantalizing Mark Rick 10 and 2 season, right? Where you like start slow and lose some games you weren't supposed to and then like everything clicks for the second half of the season. Oh, I remember it all too well, Scotty. Oh, man. Now, now uh, Mark Rick wasn't like the highest paid coach in the universe with the school spending the most money, like more money than God. So it's a little bit <laughs> different scenario there. But man, everybody was ripping into Jimbo, too, because he had that uh, quote from like the touchdown club. Ming's like, we're going to go. Yeah. And beat the, we're going to beat their asses this year. And everyone's like, right, right. And Jimbo. Saban, did you see Nick Saban's response when that happened? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. They that. asked Nick Saban about it at his next press conference or whatever and he said what at golf (laughs) only thing that would have made it better is if Jimbo had got out some golf clubs on the sideline and done some like fake putt practice swings as the game's winding down I don't really like like Jimbo but when I saw that I I, I really enjoyed that anytime someone says I'm going to beat your ass and then actually does it yeah I'm going to like that yeah, credit where it's due. Mm. All right, I would have like no, seen him go full heel and like lean into the golf thing. But. Oh, yeah, for sure. I got to run, but y'all finish up. All right. I'm getting my COVID booster. All right, Godspeed, John. Get boosted. Get, get boosted. Oh, well, you don't have to leave this son. <laughs> hey, um, bully your neighbors and also getting vaccinated. That's been a very effective strategy so far. Oh, just treat them like crap. Treat them like yeah. they're like they're other like beneath me. Yeah, do um, uh, tell them that you're part of the vaccinated master race. <laughs> All right, I will. <laughs> All right, you're also a PC gamer, so I guess it makes you part of two master races. Oh, God, it's so not the master race. <laughs> not anymore, probably. There's nothing. Right. It's just like, well, don't even get me started on that. All right, I'll talk to you later. See you, John. See you. And there he goes. Uh, was there anything else cool that happened in college football this weekend? Um, Iowa continues to be wild. Their oh. defense gets a billion interceptions. Their offense can't do anything, but they keep winning. Penn State's quarterback got hurt mid-game, and they were winning at that time, so that helps as well. Yeah, that has the uh, that's the all the uh, the trademark aspects of a game. Neither team deserves to win, but. Well, we Iowa has all the trademarks of that team that is going to just get completely blasted in the playoffs. 
Yeah, I could totally see that because that was kind of the I remember that was the shtick with the Manti Teo Notre Dame. They didn't really have a lot of offense, but they were shutting teams down. Quality of opponents was never really uh, assessed all that much. Well, yeah, and like that Notre Dame team, they beat a bunch of okay teams by a small margin. They were like very consistent, right? Right. Like if you can continually beat teams that are ranked between 20 and 40, and you can consistently beat them by a field goal, that's good. But it also means when you go play somebody that's like a real top five team, uh, you might be in trouble. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Cincinnati took care of business and blasted Temple. Good for them. That's, and that's, that's a team that um, I don't think they're... I mean, I think they deserve to be ranked where they are, but I'm not so sure they're like... I don't know. I don't know if I'd be putting a lot of money on them to make a playoff run just yet, but they could. Their, their problem is going to be the back half of the schedule when they have conference play. And... They're in the AAC, which is normally far and away the best G5 conference. Mm -hmm. I think this year the AAC is not quite as strong as it normally is. So in the AAC, I think they have like one team that they'll play that that might be ranked at the time. And that'll be it. So their problem will be they'll win games, but inevitably... Ohio State and Penn State will play each other. Mm-hmm. Ohio State and Michigan will play each other. Michigan and Penn State will play each other. And whoever is winning those games, even with a, a loss possibly, will start jumping Cincinnati. Yeah, I guess that's... I'm sure we'll, we'll hear a lot of uh, Cincinnati fans or college football contrarians complain about it on Twitter. If when that does I, I do think... I do think Cincinnati has an actual real outside shot of getting in. If they are undefeated and they're being compared to a one loss power five conference or power five team, they have a real shot. It'll depend on all the random details of like how many no loss or one loss teams there are and who that one loss team is that they're competing for the fourth spot with and how much Cincinnati is beating people by and how bad that other team's one loss was and that kind of stuff, right? Right. But especially if Notre Dame keeps winning and Notre Dame, who I don't really think is that good, has kind of managed to technically still win. So Notre Dame might be that team that's like really the 15th best team in the nation, but kind of finishes 10-2 and two or 11-1. and one. Mm-hmm. If that happens, then Cincinnati is going to get a lot of instant credit all of a sudden because the committee is going to say, hey, Notre Dame's ranked sixth in our rankings and Cincinnati went on the road and beat them by double digits. Right. So it, it's possible, but it's not a guarantee, right? Like if it's a P5 team, you're like, yeah, we go undefeated, we're in. Cincinnati still has to kind of just uh, win all their games and hope things break right. Yeah. Um, are you buying any Desmond Ritter Heisman stock? No. <laughs> it depends on what the stock price is, but... Yeah, I honestly don't have no clue who's front runner for that now. I, I assumed it was Matt Corral, but... Heisman's wide open. So if Desmond Ritter's odds are pretty low, 
like on the betting odds, then it's maybe not a terrible choice because if you look at a lot of the guys that were like preseason Heisman favorites, they're out of it already, just gone. <clears throat> and you look at a lot of the teams that you sort of expect to make the playoffs or have a chance to make the playoffs, there's not a lot of big-time quarterbacks to pick from, right? Georgia's guys don't have the stats from missing games, so that's a tough sell. Maybe somebody at Ohio State, but it kind of feels like they might split votes between the quarterback, the quarterback and the running back and the receivers, right? Right, right. Oklahoma, you can't just put Rattler up there like normal, you know. So if there's no clear-cut guy, and if Cincinnati squeaks in, you'll definitely have the narrative of Desmond Ritter, who led Cincinnati to a uh, undefeated regular season last year and a regular se- or undefeated season this year to be the first G5 team to make the playoff. Like, they'll sell it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we'll have the numbers or if they'll make it, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, other games. Red River. Did you see Red River? <laughs> yeah, I watched, yeah, I watched some of that. That was wild. <laughs> Insane. Uh, I saw Texas is not back. <laughs> that was the thing. Twenty eight to seven. When twenty they went up twenty eight to seven, all the Texas's back takes came rolling in and with furious vengeance. And uh, of course, the taunts came later as the other shoe dropped. Um, I saw pardon my take tweeted a picture of Steve Sarkeesian standing next to Dan Quinn back when he was the OC of the Falcons, and the I think caption was simply. Must have learned this from a, or I think it was, a, I'm sure Dan would be really proud of his old protege. <laughs> uh, I didn't get to watch the back half of that game. Did you have any observations? I, I didn't see a whole lot of the end of it, um, but it was, it was interesting. I mean, like big picture stuff for Oklahoma, they actually have a quarterback decision on their hands. Rattler has sort of continued to be like pretty good for them, but not at that elite level that they've had before. Right. And I don't know that, you know, especially like passing wise, Caleb Williams is not necessarily a better player than him right now, but he adds the like running threat and he's younger and has like upside and will be the long-term guy. Sure. I think everybody expects that Caleb Williams will, take the job from him at some point this season or definitely be the starter next year. Weird part is everybody expected Rattler to be like in the Heisman conversation and first round pick conversation. And now it's turned into where is he going to transfer to conversation? Well, yeah, that part's weird. And it's almost kind of a bad look for Oklahoma because here's a guy who's not like you. You don't start cheering for the backup quarterback usually. I don't like it at all, but it only happens when the guy who's starting is playing like absolute garbage, and he's doing all right. Like he's not that bad. The problem is they expect a Heisman candidate every year taking snaps. So, yeah. but I, I do think that from that game, Caleb Williams being able to run the ball was a big deal because it let them get into a lot more of their like RPO kind of stuff and mm-hmm. the run game as a whole clicked better. I think a lot of people forget that when those Oklahoma offenses have been so good, their running game has been elite. True. Like those Oklahoma offenses that were so good, 
were so good because they had an awesome offensive line and awesome quarterbacks and awesome running backs and awesome receivers. They were complete whole offenses, right? You couldn't just go in and be like, oh, we're just going to, you know, just cover the pass and make you beat us running the ball. And they would, like, run for eight yards of carry. So it seemed like from the small sample size, they were closer to being the Oklahoma offense of the past few years with uh, with Caleb Williams. Yeah. We shall see. Wild stuff. Uh, did you see the Arkansas Ole Miss game? I did. That was also wild. Not a lot Dude, of... Oh, there were a lot of nuts games on Saturday. <laughs> uh, not a lot of defense. Um, yeah, I was surprised it, it scored as high as it did because I thought, I thought Arkansas's defense did a really good job defending the pass. And, um, but yeah, a, kind of a ballsy move by Pittman going for two at the end of the game to go for the win instead of the tie. Didn't work out for him. Uh, but yeah, this arc, both these teams have come a long way, it seems like. It, you know, both teams are having good seasons and they're kind of like easy teams to cheer for a little bit. So it was good to see them both come out and still have a pulse. Because you had that sort of like, oh no, both teams have now been clobbered. Like, will they, will they just kind of fold and have a bad season? But Yeah. Man, 12, they got, that game was over 1,200 yards of total offense. That's insane. Well, you'll love to see it. <laughs> um, Notre Dame beat Virginia Tech on like a last field goal, keeping Notre Dame's streak of barely beating meh teams Very alive. Notre Dame. That's their whole shtick, yeah. Uh, let's see. Tennessee has an actual offense now that they started playing the good quarterback and bench the bad quarterback. Were they... Um, if only if only we all knew that before the season. Who were they starting for? Was it Bailey? What's his face? No, it was Joe Milton. Joe Milton. They had two transfer quarterbacks. They had Joe Milton, who transferred from Michigan, and Hendon Hooker, who transferred from Virginia Tech. And Hendon Hooker is the guy who is like an actual good college quarterback. Right. And Joe Milton was the guy that is tall and could throw the ball real far, but was bad at quarterback. And they're like, oh, yeah, start the cannon arm guy that can't play quarterback. And yeah. He's just out there just slinging balls five yards past wide open guys, you know, <laughs> for touchdowns. Yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, they. I didn't. I don't expect them to be good, and I don't think they're that good. But uh, they're better than I thought they were going to be this year. Yeah, I mean, they're four and two right now. So I don't know. Let's see. I don't remember exactly what the rest of their schedule is, but I think Georgia they should be making play. a. They should be making a bowl game easily, right? And I think sort of where a lot of people, we or and myself had both Auburn and Tennessee coming into the season was kind of like, uh-oh, this might be like fighting for a bowl game type year, right? Right. And neither of those teams, you know, they're both four and two. Look, they both probably end up about seven and five. So it's not like they're going to actually be just totally killing it. Right. But, you know, maybe for both of those teams, you think, hey, but eight and four is more likely than six and six, right? So they're not like going into their last game of the season being like, oh, we got to beat Vanderbilt to get bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tennessee's offense has looked good. I mean, yeah. 
I, you do actually hate to see it, but it's happened. Yeah, I guess they got um, oh, I forget his name, Hypel from UCF. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. I guess he's he had they've he's a known known uh, he's a no quantity, I guess, as an offensive play caller. Um, I guess he's just... well, and he was he was the offensive coordinator at Mizzou before he went to UCF, right? And Mizzou was good on offense when he was there. Yeah. And the SEC, so, you know, that part's pretty clear. Congratulations, Big Orange Nation. You're not a dumpster fire anymore. Not yet. Not until the sanctions hit. <laughs> the sanctions. How many, they, they, I'm so surprised because I'm pretty sure they lost, like, 15 scholarship players to the transfer portal in the offseason. Oh, they lost, they lost a ton. And they brought in a lot of guys, but the, still the net effect was losing a lot of dudes. And... So when I looked at like the transfer portal stuff, I didn't really just kind of count up how many guys you lost because that to me doesn't always mean a whole lot. But I was usually looking at how many guys you had transferring in from like actual P5 programs or like, you know, the G5 guy that's actually occasionally good and how many guys you had transferring out to other P5 programs. Like if Tennessee had a guy transfer out to Western Kentucky, probably wasn't that big of a deal right right but when you have guys transfer to be the starting running back at north carolina and the starting running back at oklahoma it's like hey these are guys that were like real contributors right parts of your team they had a lot of that they lost a lot of dudes but yeah they lost toa toa to alabama too i remember that was one of the big losses man okay you know what's wild it's the alabama thing but like if you asked the average fan to name players on Alabama's defense and Jordan's de- and Georgia's defense, they could both probably name like two players. What do you mean? Like they're just not because. Paying. Yeah, like when you watch the Alabama game, you just hear them talk about Will Anderson and Henry Toa Toa all the time. Oh. Every play, <laughs> they tell you what Will Anderson does and what Henry Toa Toa does what? because they're like, that's what the game plan to tell you about. Like those are the guys. You know, with Georgia, you're like, they tell you about Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. True. But to hear them talk about Alabama's defense, like, they're, you know, oh, those guys are the studs. But it's just interesting. What's, you'll, you'll notice when you start listening, they're just only talking about Will Anderson and Henry Toa Toa. They won't, like, tell you about anybody else. The two, the two linebackers who play in a nickel, nickel so that's two of, two of 11 pieces in a nickel defense. Yeah. I mean, uh, did you see that Florida State beat North Carolina, by the way? No, but oof, Mac Brown. Uh, come it's, on. it's worth noting that, uh, what's his face? Old Mike at Florida State has four ACC wins as head coach, I believe. Two of them, Mac Brown and North Carolina. That sucks. <laughs> okay. Hey, I know you didn't see this game Wisconsin, Illinois. Yeah, I didn't did watch it. The, didn't watch did you it. see the score? I'm looking, I'm looking at scores from this past week. Where are you? So, Wisconsin 24, Illinois 0. Would you care to guess Illinois' total yardage? Wait, said Wisconsin 24, Illinois 0? Yes. I'm going to say, this is a Brett Bielema, Illinois team, right? Yes, I'm gonna it's say, a special. I'm going to say they gained 54 total yards of offense. 
<laughs> I wish they did because that's even better than the real number. But the real number is 93, and it is still less than the length of a football field. Ugh. Ugh. You gotta wonder, too, how much of that was garbage time? I don't want to know. I can't figure out the Big Ten this year. They still have a lot of undefeated teams, but most of them look pretty meh to me. It's like, here's Michigan State yeah. making a number 10. You got Michigan at eight. You got Ohio State six, Penn State seven, and Iowa's number two. Ugh. I was oh, number two. Oh, no. Jordan, it's even worse than I thought. <sighs> Down 24 nothing in the fourth quarter, Illinois had a 68-yard drive that ended on downs. Wait, you mean two-thirds of their offense came on one drive that ended on down? 68 out of 93. That's like 75%. Ooh. Yikes, man. Came on one drive in the fourth quarter, down four scores, or three scores. Let's be real, it's four scores for Illinois. So I know the I know Illinois is kind of a basketball school and the expectations are not that high. But how long does Brett Bielema keep his job there? Oh, I mean, this is his first year, right? I thought and I thought it was his first year. I thought it was his. Oh, yes, this is his first year. You're right. He was at the Giants last year. Yeah, it's his first year. They already got two wins. They did beat Nebraska. So. It's hard for him to be on the hot seat after this year. They would have to lose every single game the rest of the way, which is possible, and get absolutely blasted in all those games. And maybe he'd be a little bit of a hot seat, but it's just year one at Illinois, I think. Expectations are so low. Now, I think fans are a little bit sad and disappointed after beating Nebraska and thinking that, you know, Illinois is going to have a competitive team. But... Okay, hey, what the heck? Missouri 48, North Texas 35? What is Missouri doing? I don't know. I think, gosh, I can't figure out Missouri either because I think people... Did they fire another coach at halftime? <laughs> coach is getting fired. Kids hitting the portal. Who knows what's happening? Uh, I bet here's, here's, what's, here's what I want to know. What's the ratio of Flea Flicker's call to people getting fired within the program? Yeah, it's a one-to-one. <laughs> I, maybe Eli Drinkwitz just kind of overachieved last year or got lucky because I think everyone was impressed with his first year, but now he's definitely having a second-year slump. They just well, and everybody was impressed with the offense, and I don't think the offense has necessarily been their problem this year, but I don't know where this complete and utter defensive collapse came from because it's bad. It's real bad. You don't... Especially being the SEC, like good, good lord. Uh, uh, honorary Pac-12 after dark update: uh, Utah did beat USC by a couple touchdowns there, which is basically tradition that Utah out physicals and pushes USC around. Truly, gosh, US, ugh. USC. They'll get it fixed when Urban shows up. <laughs> that seems that date seems to be coming sooner rather than later. <laughs> That's a shit show going down in Jacksonville. Forget, uh, you know, 
the losses, forget that Urban was grinding on a 20-something at a steakhouse he owns in Ohio. The, the original Gruden grinder, if you will. <laughs> Youch. Man, listening to the or reading those post-game pressers where it's clear that he and Trevor Lawrence don't seem to see eye-to-eye on anything is just a cringe fest. I'm not, I don't think we should be surprised that his uh, tenure as a professional coach so far is being an epic disaster. We are all of us shocked. So shocked. Okay, you know the opening, like, opening scene of Lord of the Rings, right? We were all of us deceived. It's like that, but the opposite, right? We need to dub it, but we were none of us deceived. (laughs) None of us were deceived. Uh, seven rings given for Nick's sake. Does he have seven? I don't remember. Oh, gosh, man, he might. Okay. You know what we need? Uh, trademark right now, by the way. Um, whenever Kirby finally beats Nick, you gotta do the Return of the Jedi shot where Darth Vader is saying, let me look on you with my own eyes, and then you reveal, and it's Sabin, and Kirby is Luke. <laughs> Got to. That has to be. We're putting that in the books. I might go ahead. Yeah. And, I don't know. If I go work on that now, am I setting up bad juju? Because some one thing I noticed, um, so I don't. If you work on it now, it's confidence. If you start doing it at halftime in the SEC championship game, that's bad juju. Yeah, that's hubris. I'm just worried because um, I remember for that Arkansas game, I had all these great uh photoshop <laughs> jt daniels with like pigs and spare ribs and all this stuff and i didn't he little didn't did play, i know yeah. he was gonna take like a three or four game absence yeah that was a shame yeah hey who do you think's gonna start at quarterback for georgia this weekend Ooh. slash do so, you think there's an actual decision to be made <laughs> i mean when when daniels is healthy there's not a decision he's the quarterback I do think there's still a decent chance that we get Stetson for one more time. I think practice earlier this week, they were happy that JT Daniels had been able to throw 30 or 40 times without pain. And he had been able to throw the ball 30 yards downfield mm-hmm. as like part of his like whatever routine. To me, being able to throw the ball 30 yards does not mean you're ready to be a quarterback in an actual conference game. To me, that sounds like you're a quarterback that will be ready to play in a week or two. Right. So I'm guessing it'll be Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels will warm up and be able to go in an emergency and that we'll get Daniels back for Florida. Right. I'm with you, but some people seem to think that I know um, I think Greg McElroy was on his show this week saying Kirby needs to ride the hot hand. Ugh. Which I thought that was so that was just manufactured controversy to me. But a lot of people seem to think that Stet. I don't know how many people there are. I've talked to people who think Stetson ought to be the starter because you know, you know, some people say, "Oh, he just you know he looks like he belongs out there," or he's you know, we got to believe in the man who wants it the most. Look, I think as far as like the actual quarterback decision thing goes, I think there's an actual quarterback decision for next year. Like if Stetson decides to come back for his extra year, then you have a real actual question of do you have Stetson Bennett be the starter next year or do you go with one of the younger guys? 
that to me is a question, right? So you don't Stinson even think JT is. I don't think it's a question. I don't think it is either. But some people have speculated also that JT might want to come back for another year since he's basically missed half the season. And that's not impossible either, right? And if he comes back, then I think you'd have a hard time keeping Stetson Bennett because he might want to like go somewhere and play. That's true. But he keeps playing here, so I don't know. Maybe he'll be fine. We'll see. Um, I guess we'll we'll get near the end of our time, but we'll go ahead and look ahead to next week. See what see what kind of big matchups we have. Let's see here: Clemson, Syracuse. How far can Clemson? Uh, either dig their, how far can they pull themselves out of the dumpster slash how deeper can they dive? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is, I mean, they are what they are at this point. It's yep. whether or not they can scrap out the close wins or not. Yeah. Ugh. DJ Uangle has been healthy, I think, all season, but he's been a total disaster. It's, it's painful seeing him on those Dr. Pepper ads. He has fewer touchdown passes than JT Daniels. That's bad. Oh my gosh. That's bad. You're talking, this guy's been playing for six game, five games. JT Daniels maybe played for like six or eight quarters. Uh, let's see. UCF Cincinnati. That's that conference play you were talking about. I think the line is Cincinnati at 20, minus 21. Uh, yeah. Tinker Graham, Grandpappy's UCF, you know. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not not seeing any surprises. Uh, we got Michigan State, Indiana, Texas, uh, 25th ranked Texas playing uh, Oklahoma's little brother, Oklahoma State, who is undefeated. Uh, they're playing this one in Austin. Texas is a five and a half favorite. That could be a wonky Big Twelve. That's also a big nude kickoff game. On Big nude Saturday. That's right. <laughs> Auburn. Ooh, Auburn, Arkansas. That, that, that might be a good noon kickoff to tune into. Um, oh. <clears throat> yeah, look at the schedule. Right. It seems like it was very easy to pick Georgia to be college game day's destination because I'm just not seeing a lot of big matchups. Yep. So, well... Scott, you got any uh, final parting thoughts? Um, not really. Uh, if you're uh, the type of person that wants everything to be a college football playoff discussion, uh, I would just say watch out for Ohio State, who has secretly started to figure things out. All right, you heard it. You heard it here first. We got Ohio State making a deep, deep run. With C.J. Stroud, maybe. Um, I don't think we have a take that unites us this week. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, be on the lookout for spicy takes, good memes, good photoshops. Uh, catch, you got, catch you later. Hope John's booster shot went well. All right. <laughs> you got that jab. Jab part three. <laughs> the best part. <laughs> mm-hmm.